Welcome back to the Standing Room Only Podcast, episode 59. Uh, we got a big MLB trade that has happened today. So luckily, the delay of the podcast this week went in our favor. Uh, we have some NBA news with some high scores throughout the week and our NFL playoff predictions. We're going to go over our uh, predictions of who's going to win this wild card weekend, pretty much who's going to meet up in the conference championships, and then the Super Bowl and Super Bowl winner. So hope you guys are excited for that. As always, make sure you guys download the episode. It's the best way to show support. Uh, it's pretty much the only way we could see our statistics is through downloads. So make sure to download. You could always delete it later. Uh, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you can do that as well. Standing room only podcast. Otherwise, Spotify or Apple's where you're listening to us now. You can follow our social media at SROnlyPod. Uh, and then you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy6. And I'm iGoose with four O's. Don't ask why. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch as well. Yes. So we got we got some big news in the baseball world. The number Huge. one shortstop in baseball has been <laughs> traded. Francisco Lindor, along with Carlos Carrasco, got traded to the New York Mets for Andres Jimenez. You got Ahmed Rosario, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green. Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez, both MLB-ready guys. They should be able to play the middle infield for the Indians. Ahmed plays shortstop already. Uh, the Indians dump some salary or some cap room with Carlos Carrasco. He has three years left of control. So he goes with one of his favorite teammates, Frankie, to the Mets. Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green don't know too much about them. They are prospects. They aren't anywhere in the top 100. So the Mets seem to have traded well to get Lindor and Carrasco, who boosts the rotation even more. The rotation, as of now, they have DeGrom, Carrasco. They also have not Syndergaard. I think he's out for this year. But it's going to be DeGrom, Syndergaard, or DeGrom, Stroman, Carrasco. They do have guys. Uh, Steven Matz is still there. And I think like Gaselman and other guys are going to fill fill out the rotation. So I guess it was kind of needed. They might be able to go after Trevor Bauer, but that seems unlikely. George Springer still could be pretty decent. Uh, he could be going to the New York Mets at some point. He seems a little more realistic. But what are your thoughts on the trade? Huge, 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 huge. I know we uh, we talked about it. For the last couple of months, there's a few times on a few different episodes where when, when does Lindor get traded? Because we knew it was going to happen. He's on his contract year. Uh, he's going to want a huge contract for the simple fact that he produces year in and year out. Um, he was, he's hit over 30 home runs every year, not including 2020. 2020 was a weird year, obviously. But leading up before that, it was 2019, he ended up hitting 32 home runs. He had 38 the year before that, 33 the year before that. Um, for somebody that literally can fill in almost anywhere in the lineup, you can put him at three, four, five. You can even start him off. I would even say um, he, he can steal bags. He doesn't steal a lot of bags, but he has some speed to him. So, I mean, you can even throw him at the two spot. Um, but it's huge. It's a huge deal. Um I, I, I'm not surprised that the Mets made the splash. They've been making a splash. Um, Sir Stephen Cohen, I should say, has been making a splash for uh, since he took a majority ownership of the of the Mets. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go for George Springer. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball in New York, and that's saying a lot from somebody who's from Chicago. Not usually a big fan of New York teams. Um but yeah, huge trade in Carlos Carrasco too. I mean, you never know. He's up there. What is he, 33, 34 years old? You never know what you're going to get. But I would say, like you mentioned, he is needed in that rotation, especially a guy who has been a Cy Young Award winner, or at least almost a Cy Young Award winner a couple of times in his career. So I, I think it was a huge trade, and uh, it works out for Cleveland because th there is no chance of Lindor ever coming back to them. So I think it was it was definitely a good trade for both teams. 
yeah, the the Indians definitely needed to trade him. They knew he wasn't coming back. He only has one year left on the deal, but here's the kicker. We remember Mookie Betts last year. History is going to repeat itself there. He's going to get a contract extension before the season starts. There's no mm-hmm. way the Mets traded for Lindor just for them to let him go the next season. Med Rosario, not, you won't miss him, even if you don't get him back. Andres Jimenez, he's kind of young, like they're in a win-now type mode. The other two guys, they're prospects. So you could get rid of them. If they do let him go, let's just say in a hypothetical world that the, he doesn't sign a contract extension, the market for next summer or next winter is huge. You got guys like Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Javier Baez, all being free agents. So, like, they can go out and get someone else in their free agent market that's a high-caliber shortstop regardless. I'm probably forgetting someone else, but there's a lot of big-name shortstops next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you trade away what you can knowing you're not going to get him. You get assets back, and now let's play the free. I mean, they're going to have to make a really good pitch to these guys, though. Because as of right now, the Indians are still like a toss up. Like there's there's guys that are, you know, obviously they lost guys. They don't have the same pitching that they once had. Um, they're definitely gonna have to make a good pitch to these guys on top of that. I mean, throwing money at somebody's one thing, but a lot of times these guys, they want to win. They want to win. So you have to be able to pitch that. You know, that's why these baseball players, they'll throw a 10 year contract. They'll throw an eight year contract at these guys and say, hey, I have this vision. Stick with me. This is our plan. So I think I think the Indians can do it. Um <clears throat> I mean, for the Indians to compete, it's very tough considering the Sox, the Twins, that division as a whole is is very tough. So I think with the moves that they made, I think that they are looking at a two-year window, even if they do go out and sign someone phenomenal. Maybe they get a Javi Baez. Maybe they get some of these other big names. But I wouldn't expect them to contend for another couple of years with this move. And I think they know that. I think that's the mindset there. I was mainly talking about the Mets if they don't re-sign Lindor. Oh, if they don't sign. Oh, yeah. If you're talking about the yeah. Mets, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. talking about the Mets, but the Indians, their window's closing very fast. It's yeah. like they're in a weak division regardless, but they just traded away their best player. They have Jose Ramirez. Is he going to get mm-hmm. traded next year at some point? Mm-hmm. He's the next big piece to go. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's pitching been wise, for them, too. They have Shane Bieber. He'll eventually be traded because once he's towards the end of his contract, their team's not going to be good. So, like, all these guys are going to be traded. I wouldn't push the Indians higher than second place in the division next year. If they have a decent year, then sure. But I just don't see it. I, I see them being a third-place team in that division. Behind the Twins and the, uh, and the Sox. Yep. Or the Twins socks, depending on how you look at it. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think the Mets will continue to make progress. And I don't know, I mean, would you consider the Mets with this move, like the team in the East? I mean, I still think Atlanta still is the team to beat in the East or maybe even just in the NL and Central or in general. I don't see... I don't see the Mets being, like, the number one team. They're definitely going to have to compete. The Phillies... They aren't making too many moves. They seem to be getting worse. But, yeah, the Braves are going to be their main competition. Mm-hmm. There's still – I don't see the Mets better than the Braves at the moment. If they make I another signing, agree. then sure. But I mean, they have, they, have, they have some bats on their team. But, mm-hmm. yes, if they can go out and get a Springer or somebody else to kind of add to that – because, I mean, at the end of the day, their pitching is good. I wouldn't say it's great, especially with Syndergaard potentially being out for the whole year because he had Tommy John. So how do you make up for a lack of pitching? Well, you put up six runs a game somehow. <laughs> so, yeah. and, I mean, they could do it. Yeah, and like the Braves, if they could replace Marcelo Zuna, he's a big bat that they're losing. All just yep. depends. The pitching's going to be their big issue. Like the Braves, they don't have a bunch of studs. They have a bunch of great pitchers, but they don't have like a Jacob deGrom type caliber guy in their rotation. The The Mets do, but unfortunately their depth 
lax compared to the Braves. So they're they're mm-hmm. kind of neck and neck right now. I wouldn't put one team higher than the other, but it's gonna be a fun battle to watch. And also Steve Cohen today tweeted about wanting to get the black jerseys back. Oh, that yes, he is did. super exciting. Those yes, Mets jerseys, one of my favorites of all time. The black jerseys with blue and orange accents on it. It's oof. Those are great. I don't know why they went away from them. Yeah, since like the Mike Piazza days. Wow. Well, it gives the Mets fans something to be excited about. New ownership. They haven't been excited about anything since the the Mike Piazza days. So uh, 2015, they made the World 2015. Season. They did have a good run. That was the year that they swept the Cubs in the playoffs. Yep. Daniel I Murphy. I was there for one of those games. Yep. Daniel Murphy, the Cub killer. But besides that, uh, that's like the only baseball talk. Uh, for this week i think the hall of fame is coming up in the next couple weeks so i guess we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that when it happens i'm excited to talk about it when it when it happens i'm I'm excited because man it's could could get juicy well oh yeah yeah the the results are going to be interesting but basketball news we had steph curry and Bradley Beal both dropped 60 plus points. Steph Curry dropped 62 and three quarters. He even play the fourth. Like he is shooting lights out. He had a great game the next game. I think he had 30 points the next game. Also only playing like 60 combined minutes. I could be wrong on that, but he, he didn't really play the fourth quarter in the 30 point game the next day too, which is a good sign. It's a good sign Steph Curry is getting warmed up a little bit that system he should definitely be chucking he should he could average 40 points a game easily and still win probably a bunch of games yeah yeah i i still think golden state is going to be one of those sneaky sneaky teams to compete for the eighth i think with clay thompson being gone that is what's keeping them from being a contender in the west um, but with the addition of James Wiseman and everything else, and maybe Draymond Green goes back to the old Draymond Green. We don't know where he's going yet. But Steph Curry, yeah, put up a hell of a show. Uh, he did it in three quarters. And that's the Steph Curry that that goes out and quiets the uh, the doubters, a.k.a. Dame Lillard, which they kind of were poking at each other a little bit on social media. Um, and then, yeah, Bradley Beal dropping the 60 points. Bradley Beal did it in basically three quarters as well. He had 57 points going into the fourth. And they were still down by like 20 points. Somebody needs to get him help. I think we talked about it. We said, you know what? The Wizards should be a contender. They should be good. A contender to make at least the eighth or the seventh seed in the East, um, which is still the case because it's the East. But Russ Westbrook is not it. It's not it. I, I don't know where a team will win with Russ Westbrook, but it's just not the Wizards. Um, and... I feel bad. They got to get Bradley Beal out of there. They got to tr- trade him to the Bulls. He he had this tw- he had the tweet in the offseason. Give them Zach Levine and and Wendell Carter. Make them happy. Bring him up, bring him in. We'll we'll start Daniel Gafford or something. <laughs> I don't know, but that was that was an incredible performance. I'm I'm glad that that we're seeing that this early in the season. Um, guys that are giving it their all because we thought well, guys were going to take the nights off to start the year. Um, we've seen some guys sit obviously um on back-to-backs which that's always expected um especially during this shortened off season so um but yeah huge games for them i have steph curry on my fantasy team so anybody who, is, who plays fantasy basketball it's one of the toughest things you could do i have like a rotisserie style so it goes based on like your stat category however you know it adds up all the rebounds and then you get like your average out of however many teams you have on the season so like my three pointers are up because i have um joe harris i have uh you know, Steph Curry, I have a bunch of three-point shooters, so I'm winning there, but everywhere else it's kind of tough. But, yeah, that was that was a big, big game for him. Looking at the standings, two and six for the Wizards. Like, it, I, a team that has Westbrook at the one, Beal at the two, Denny at the three, Rui at the four, and then you got Thomas Bryant at the five. To be fair, they started off 0-4. I'm almost positive. So yeah, if that puts them two and two the last four games, it's it, it's basketball. They don't play as they only play 82 games. So you got to count something as a win, especially in the East, because the same thing with the Bulls. They started off horrible, 
and they've been winning as well, which I know we were going to hit on them as well. But I think they're going to start to fill it up. Denny is the one where we're waiting for him to kind of just fall into that role where it's every game you know he's going to he's going to get those rebounds, he's going to facilitate the ball. I don't think he's a big time scorer, but I mean, I can see him being like a Nocioni when it comes to scoring. He can give you 12 to 14 uh if he needs to. Um but yeah, Bradley Beal's get definitely definitely needs to the help there. Yeah, and like their their bench I think's just okay. Maybe they'll turn around like they should. They should just click. Maybe it's just a team chemistry issue at the moment. I don't mm-hmm. know. Scott Brooks, he worked with Russ in the past. Yeah. We'll have to see what changes with that. Taking a look at the standings, though, the 76ers, they're 7-1 and one to start the season. Their only loss is against, find that out here. Was it opening night? Might Didn't they lose to, like, Charlotte? <laughs> Who did they lose to? They lost. Their only loss came. Oh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, my. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland's been a very interesting team this year. And I knew going into it that they're loaded with young talent, talent that we don't know what's going to happen quite yet. But I definitely like Cleveland. Sixers, for sure, though, are the biggest surprise to me so far. This is the team I thought that was going to show up last season. Last year, yeah. <laughs> At the midway mark when I picked them to like go all the way. And you would think with, with having Ben Simmons, with having Joel Embiid, two of the best players in the league, arguably, Tobias Harris they ended up trading for at one point, like the season before. I, I mean, they're showing up right now. They're showing up and they're showing out. They're, you know, 7-1. Their plus minus, it, their differential is 8.8, which is one of the highest in the league next to like Milwaukee, who who has is five and three, but in their wins, they've destroyed every team. Um, it's kind of interesting because Philly last year, uh, they were 43 and 30. And was it their road record where it was just horrible? They only won 12 games on yep. the road. So it's going to be interesting to see because th- nobody really has a home court advantage with COVID. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, their only loss, they're 2-1 and one on the road so far. So I don't know if it's a mindset, if there's something special in, in their stadium. But I think this year I would expect them to win a little bit more on the road considering there's, no, there's not really any fans. Mm-hmm. They currently are losing to the Nets. They are down by 16 here. That would be a super fun game to watch. Uh, actually, both they're losing, and both uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant aren't playing in the game. So, yep. Actually, never mind on that. And the 76ers do have Harris, Embiid, and Simmons. That that's that's interesting right there. I didn't know. It. I didn't think that was happening. Harris Levert has 18. Joe Harris with 15. It's just their depth. This and that's depth we is showing about. out. Yep. Their depth, even even by getting rid of, or with Spencer Dinwiddie getting hurt, they, they're deep. Joe Harris is, there's like I said on the last episode, there's a reason why he got that contract. He can shoot the ball lights out when he's given the green light. And Karis Levert is, well, his name speaks for itself. He's been doing it the last couple of years. Started off quiet quietly doing it but last year he had many many of huge games against big time players so this is it man i mean against philly philly starters are out there joel Embiid, 8.7 boards right now in the game uh you know ben simmons obviously not a big scorer you don't expect much but they're at halftime it's a 14 point game so anything could swing back philadelphia's way but they're on the road they're on the road. So I even though there's no fans, they're still technically on the road. It's just how it works. Yeah. Uh someone I wanted to talk about. The Kings won yesterday. Didn't Zach Levine hit a big shot, or is that a couple I think that was a couple days ago against the Blade. He did. He so there was a shot towards the end of the game. He put up a three point shot very early in the shot clock. And it led to a Kings board 
and uh, Buddy Heald hit a three to put him up. Gotcha. It ended up putting him up like five points. And at that point, you know, the Kings are good. The Kings are good. Bad play. It was just a bad play overall. You hate to see it from Zach Levine. Like I, the whole running gun thing is a thing. But when it comes down to crunch time, you got to play that Greg Popovich bat style basketball. You got to run those slow plays, move the ball, let a play develop, and hit it for the sure shot. I mean, the Bulls can set up anybody on that offense to hit a three. Usually, not most of the time. There's some bad. There's been a lot of bad games, but that's a game they should have came away with and won, um, which would have put them at a record of five and four instead of four and five. They went into it four and five. They've been playing pretty well. We've, we saw a huge game from Daniel Gafford um, in a game that they actually gave him some playing time a couple games back. I believe it was against like Portland or Dallas. Um, but the Bulls, after that, that huge loss on the first to Milwaukee, they lost by like 30 points. They come out, they beat Dallas by 10. They beat Portland by three. Dallas, I don't think, had Luka, but still, it's a win. And then they barely lose to Sacramento. It's a game they could have won. It would have put them on a three-game winning streak. So I know the last time we talked about it, it was like, this team is tough to watch. And it's because of things like what Levine did. And Levine had a great game. Levine had a good game. I don't want to take it away from him. But then you go on social media, and you see the Bulls' social media glorifying uh, the great game that great game Chicago, great game Chicago Bulls, but they're glorifying a loss. They're they're not looking at the main point. Yeah, and I I don't think that that's that should be okay uh, an okay mindset when you're playing in the East and you see teams like the Wizards doing bad or some of these other teams like Detroit who was kind of contending for a playoff last year doing horrible. And you know it, it our team is good and, and I know we're still working. Billy Donovan is still trying to figure out what is going to be our lineup to give us that final push into, into May. I think the season's going to go into and into the playoffs. So I'm not upset with the loss. I'm a little upset that we did lose because it's a game we should have won, but you got to take the good for the good along with the bad for the bad. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've been excited. Even Pat Williams, who's not blowing up on the stat sheet is making the right plays on the court. So mm-hmm. it, they look good. Kobe White hit a thousand points very quickly in his career. As a Bulls fan, though, I expect this record to get uh, kind of worse over the next uh, week or so, or next few weeks. So I don't know if you've taken a look at their schedule. It's they face the Lakers. They face the Clippers. They face the Celtics. They should be able to beat the Thunder. The Mavericks. Let's see if Luca and company plays. They face the Rockets, the Hornets. It'll be a competitive game. They face the Lakers, the Celtics. Then you got the Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Knicks. Like the next five or like six to eight game stretch, it's gonna be, it's tough. Gonna be tough. They're facing a bunch of high seeded playoff teams. And it's OKC, gonna be a true test to see what this Bulls team can do. Exactly, and expect different lineups. I don't know. I'm I'm between you and I. We talk about it a lot on the air and off the air. We text each other about Daniel Gafford. I don't know at what point for his production where he goes in and he's getting um put back dunks, uh, offensive rebounds, things that don't show in the stat sheet where I know Wendell Carter had a 17 rebound game and I'm not saying bench him. I'm not saying bench Wendell Carter. We need Wendell Carter unless we end up trading him for an asset or whatever. Gafford's got to play more than the 10 or 12 garbage minutes a game. Give him 20 minutes. Why can't Wendell Carter flex to the four at a 6'9 position? You know, they there's they put Otto Porter at the four with Mark Mike Marketing is out. Marketing plays 30 minutes a game. They should be able to allocate 30 minutes to not just Otto Porter and not just Thaddeus Young. They should be able to bring in the big guy, the guy who's gonna bring it the intensity, who wants. Who wants that that starting position? Who wants more playing time? That's a guy you want to develop in game when they count. I don't know. I think personally, we don't know what's going to happen as far as who gets traded, who should get traded. We could talk about that all night. But what is a must? And what we will continue to see is different um, situational lineups by Billy Donovan because he's 
getting paid to do it. He's a great coach. Daniel Gafford in this stretch here against teams like the Lakers, um, Boston, they don't really have a big team in the paint. Uh, but I, I still think Gafford's got to gotta get more minutes, more than the garbage time minutes that he's getting. I think he should be logging 20 minutes a game and really, truly digest if his production is worth the time that he's putting in. Is there output? If you're inputting the time, is there output? Is it showing in the stat sheet? Is it showing in, in, the, in the plus minus? Is he truly doing what he, you guys brought him there to do? And I think that they will or they should be uh, testing the waters with them right now before we end up getting to the point where it's like, okay, let's start making a playoff run. Now let's throw him in there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really want to see him play. I, know, I don't know man. if other people feel the same. If you guys do, let us know because uh, we're super hyped up on Daniel Gafford. I just yeah, I, Every time I see him play, I just see him go all out and it's awesome to see it's not like someone could go all out and they just aren't great no this guy goes all out and he performs at a high level too my opinion is not just as a as a as a bulls fan or an nba fan right if you're in that front office you have to know you're not competing this year you have got to know you're not competing. There's no way the Bulls come out and they make a push for the finals. If they do, I'll be the happiest man alive, for sure. I'll be the first one to say, you know what? They shut me up quick. But like deep down, you know, with Milwaukee or the Pacers or Boston or, or Philly, these guys in a seven-game series, they really, I don't think, can compete. So why not just see what you have? It's easy to play Thaddeus Young. He's a veteran player mm -hmm. who's been in the league so long. It's easy to play Thad Young. It's easy to constantly play Wendell Carter. You know what you're going to get from Wendell Carter. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. It's easy to throw Otto Porter in there. Otto Porter's not the future of the team. There's no way they're re-signing him. Or maybe they re-sign him for less. Maybe. So maybe you do play Otto Porter, but you flex him back to the three position. You play him at the three and the four, and then you have Dad Young playing the four, and and then Wendell Carter. I think Wendell Carter, you flex back a little bit. Maybe you take a couple minutes off, or you throw him at the four. Some, you know, you got to be able to run different schemes, and I think that they have got to have the mindset that they're not going to win, just to see who can perform. Christian Wood. I saw this thing about Christian Wood, who has made it. A tough he had an uphill battle to his role where he's at he got cut by like every team never was given a chance he went to the g league eventually played a little bit ended up signing a deal with the uh i think he played with with the pistons right and it, he didn't play much at first but then eventually started to play because they're like well let's just see what he has he's a big body he's got the tangibles whoa all of a sudden this guy is gonna go off and sign a 60 million dollar deal the next season and I don't think the Bulls should wait on that. I think they have got to test the waters. Gafford is what in his third year. We saw him yeah. play. And I mention it every time. And I've been saying against Atlanta, but it wasn't. It was against Toronto. And he played a hell of a game in the little time that he played. He was very efficient. And I say, you have got to allow him to blossom. Let him blossom now. Don't let it be, oh, late in the season, now all of a sudden. We, I mean, it could be. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the right thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But why not try to kickstart him now and all of a sudden towards the end of the season, what if he ends up being a 20-10 and 10 guy with two blocks a game? You just never know. And with this whole thing with Wendell Carter, who is a good player, I don't want to take anything from him. He is undersized. He is very undersized. So I think – Personally, Daniel Gafford is not necessarily the answer, but it is the next one to grow or mm -hmm. allow growth um, from the standpoint of the franchise. And maybe next week we will see him play more minutes. Maybe tomorrow we see him play more minutes because uh, L.A., the Lakers are playing back-to-back -back days. Uh, the yeah. Bulls are the second team in that in that stretch so maybe lebron doesn't play maybe ad doesn't play i don't know how they're doing their rest this year mm -hmm. but 
I guess we'll come back to that again next week. But now it is time for the good part of the episode. Uh, I wanted to go back and recap what our predictions were at the beginning of the year. I'm pretty sure I, I forgot to look at it, but I we should be able to pull it up from memory. So beginning of the year in the a NFC West, I think I had the Seahawks making it winning. I think I had the S Saints. Oh, that was a tough one. Saints and Bucks. I think I think I picked the Saints still. I I don't know how much trust I had in Tampa Bay winning. The East, we probably both picked the Cowboys. Yep. The North, the Packers were easy. Another one, the South. I think we both picked the Colts. We did. And they they we tied. Did. They tied for the Tie division. Tiebreaker went to the Tennessee. So we'll we'll say we didn't get that, I guess. But that was that was actually an interesting uh, division to watch. That was a fun division. The Colts and Tennessee, they were fun. The Bills, I think that was an easy pick. Yep. Uh, Steelers, I think we both picked the Ravens. The Ravens. Yep, we both had Baltimore. And then the West, we had the Chiefs. For the playoff teams, though, the ones that I missed out on, I know of the Texans, the Patriots, and Texans, Patriots. I think that was it. I don't think at that time we knew there was going to be a third team. Yeah, I don't think they introduced that yet. And I think I had the Patriots in Houston as well, just because I thought Deshaun Watson was going to continue to do his thing, which he did. I might have thrown which was, the Browns. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think we did. I think we were like, yeah, there is going to be third. Because we in the NFC, we were both talking about like, I was like, do the Bucks make it? And I'm like, oh, the extra team? Yeah, now it's easy. I'll toss them in there. I think the teams yeah. I missed out in the NFC, definitely the 49ers. Probably thought they yeah, were going to make it. Yeah, we both picked the 49ers as a wild card team because we, for some reason, just knew Seattle was going to come out hot and Russell Wilson w was just going to be that guy, which he was. He had a great, he had a hell of a year. Um, but yeah, I think that's, the Cowboys were like the biggest one that I know we missed out on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I feel like we might have had the extra wild card prediction. And I think maybe we had like Carolina or somebody weird. Um, but but yeah, so we saw what happened over this past week. Cleveland ends up going, making it. Um, Tennessee made it. Colts made it. Um, you have LA Miami. ended up making it. Miami. All they had to do was win, but they're playing they the Bills. And they lost, and every other team they needed to lose ended up winning. Yep. So that was a heartbreaker because they had a really good year. Uh, they had a hell of a year, actually. You know, going 10 and 6, you would expect to be a wild card team, but the AFC was so stacked. They literally had the AFC North alone, three teams over at least 11 wins. They had in total, the AFC had seven teams with at least 11 wins. Every team that's in the playoffs has 11 wins, which is nuts. I mean, that's nuts. The NFC did not have that, uh, unfortunately. The Bears, who lost to Green Bay, Ended up making it due to the Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals. So the Bears were able to sneak in with a loss, mm -hmm. um, which was good for me as a Packers fan because the Packers win, they beat the Bears, and they get the first round by over the New Orleans Saints and over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and if they would have lost, they would have had to play the Bears again. Back-to-back again, back exactly. Back-to-back yep. weeks. Even though they've had the Bears number the last, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers number of years, the Bears tend to play them tough in the playoffs. So I definitely didn't want to see that. I like the idea of winning two games and all of a sudden you're in the big dance. So with that, we have a playoff picture. We have a playoff picture. First round in the AFC, we have, well, the Chiefs are on a bye. You have the Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. Titans are home. Ravens are the fifth seed, Titans are the fourth seed. We have the Colts against the Bills. Bills are two-seeded. They're home against the seven-seeded Colts. 
We have Browns and Steelers, which is going to be a fun matchup. Browns are the sixth seed. Steelers are the third seed. Bears, or I'm sorry, that's the rest of the AFC. Uh, the NFC, you have Bears and Saints. You have the Seahawks against the Rams, which is going to be a fun game to watch. And then you have the Bucks against the Washington no-name football team. We have predictions for you guys. We have some predictions. And I say let's start by conference. Mm-hmm. So, Healy, I'm going to give you the mic. And let's start with the AFC. All right. So, in total, I have three technical upsets for this week. Oh. Is it like an upset on paper? Not really. It's just seed wise. I have three lower seeds beating the higher seeds. The first one, I'm going with the Ravens over the Titans. There we this go. This is a rematch of last season. And also, the Ravens, they had a great offense. I think just a couple turnovers happened and. Uh, a couple late late drives didn't help out the Ravens last year. So a rematch there. I know Derrick Henry ran for a lot of yards. I just feel like the Ravens could pull it out. I don't think the Ravens are as strong as last year, I but I do think they're going to win. I, I, I picked the Ravens there. The Colts versus the Bills. I honestly think the Bills are just too strong in this matchup. Jonathan Taylor up there and rushing this year if philip rivers the defense of the colts is great but i think the bills defense is better than the colts and then the bills offense is just way better than the colts Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh, they're going to go down so i have the bills there and then the third and final afc game browns versus steelers Uh, the browns barely beat them this past week the browns have a lot of people out this week including their head coach so I'm going with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to man up and they're they're going to win pretty easily. Okay. I like that. You want to go through your whole AFC prediction and then we'll we'll save the Super Bowl for last? Yeah, I'll do that. So the, the next round there's four teams. Chiefs Ravens. I have the Chiefs advancing to the championship game. And then Bills, Steelers, I'm going with the Bills. I think the the Bills have the way better team against the Steelers. So it's going to be Chiefs and Bills in the conference championship. Okay, I like that. You know what, I'll give my predictions to the conference championship as well. I have the same thing. I have the Ravens beating the Titans in the revenge game only because the Ravens have been hot. Their last five games, 5-0. and oh. They have a good offense. Nobody's been talking about Lamar Jackson because of how the season started. They were like 7-5 and five or 6-5 and five at one point, and you're thinking there's no way they might, they might even miss the playoffs. No. They are technically the underdog, but I still think they are the favorite. Even if Derrick Henry, who obviously has ran through every single team in the NFL, Even if he goes for 180, the big thing last year, if I'm not mistaken, was some big plays by Tannehill. He Mm -hmm. didn't go off. He didn't didn't explode, but it was some big plays. I think the Ravens are going to get to him. Colts and Bills, I'm going with the Bills for the same reasons. Colts are great. Uh, Phillip Rivers, he's a a veteran quarterback. That's all I can really say. They have good running backs. Their defense is good, but the Bills are just OP overpowered. Josh Allen is the truth. I've been saying it for years. He's third in MVP this year. He's only getting better. If he, for some reason, ends up turning the ball over and it's one of those bad Josh Allen games, then yes, the Colts will keep it close, but I still see the Bills defense just shutting down the Colts. Browns and Steelers. I mean, the Browns are, they're sick. <laughs> they can't, they're missing people. Even fully healthy, it would be a close game, yes. I still like the Steelers. They're definitely um, the tougher team here. So I'm going to go with that. And then in the second round, divisional round, I definitely have the Chiefs over the Ravens. Uh, Chiefs are, again, are one of those teams where it's, as long as they're healthy, I don't know who's going to beat them. And then I do have the Bills beating the Steelers uh, as well. So it's conference uh, matchup is going to be Chiefs and Bills uh, for that. So, yeah, we both have the same bracket in the AFC. Just so you guys know, we don't do these together. I, we do not. 
we seem to always have similar predictions that's that's okay uh nfc time though who'd you have until the so conference championship for the nfc i want to say was a little bit easier than some of these afc games well i guess not necessarily bears and saints i'm going with the saints and it the only reason why i say this is a tough one is because the saints had troubles um well the saints actually didn't have any troubles with the bucks um they actually tore up the bucks but the bears know how to play these good teams randomly um so i'm not going to say that the bears are going to keep it close i'm going to say the bears cover the spread but the saints are going to beat the bears uh seahawks and rams that's actually going to be a really close game simply because the rams defense they showed out this year um and i mean it's the rams i don't know if jared goff is supposed to play or not but even if he does i'm still going with seattle to uh, pull that victory off. And then with the Bucks and the Washington football team, as much as I want the Washington football team to win, I'm going with Tom Brady and the Bucks. So in the second round, in the divisional round, you have Saints and Seahawks. You have the Bucks against Packers. I am actually going Seahawks over, over the Saints for the upset in the second round, simply because, yeah, the Saints defense is good, but I feel like. I I have this feeling that Russell Wilson is just going to bring it against the Saints for whatever reason. I just feel like that this is the upset in that next round. And then Bucks and Packers, Bucks did destroy Green Bay in the regular season. I hope it's not a repeat of what the Niners did the year before when they destroyed the Packers in the regular season and then he did even more damage in the playoffs. I'm convinced Packers are going to cover at least a five-point spread. I don't even know what the spread is. I believe that they are going to be able to maintain a steady firepower offensively um, and defensively. I feel like Tom Brady is going to get hit a couple of times, which is going to force the right turnover. So Packers are going to pull away. So we're going to have Packers, Seahawks rematch for like the third or fourth time in the last 10 years in the conference uh, championship all right mine's a little bit different so i have two upsets on this side of the bracket Rams, seahawks going with the seahawks i just feel like they're the way better team russell wilson that whole team they've matched up well against the rams this year they're gonna win Mm -hmm. the next two are upsets Buccaneers over the football team. Technically, that's an upset. Five versus four. Going with the Bucs, they're just offensively a great football team. Uh, They had to take one of the wild card spots, so that's why they're the fifth seed. And the Washington football team, they won like six games. I don't see them doing anything. And the next one, Bears over the Saints. So the first matchup this year the Bears and Saints. They went into overtime. I believe the Bears did end up losing that game. It was Taysom Hill versus Nick Foles. This time around, it's Mitch Trubisky against Drew Brees. Uh, I feel like the Bears under Mitch Trubisky, since he's came back under center, they've just played so much better. And since Matt Nagy's given up the play calling, I that might have been the first. No. I still think Nagy was still calling the plays back then, but man, that game was tough to watch. Uh, it was mainly a defensive game. I think the Bears defense is going to step up. I think Mitch Trubisky will make the right plays. I don't think this is going to be a blowout game. I think this is going to come down to the final few minutes of the game. Yep. And Drew Brees, he doesn't throw the ball far. He he just he's slow. If New Orleans can give him protection enough to throw it behind the line of scrimmage so that Alvin Kamara can get four yards, then sure, that, that would work out. But I feel like this Bears team could squeak out a win against the Saints, and I'm going to go with it. Will it matter, though? Not really, because I wasn't going to have this team advance past the next round regardless. So the next round, what's different is it's seahawks Bucks for me. I have the Bucks beating the Seahawks. I feel like the Bucks offensively, they're clicking and they are finding their stride. I feel like they just beat the Seahawks and it would be a great matchup. So 
Going with the Bucks there, Bears versus Packers. I think this would be another easy game for the Packers to advance to the conference championship. The Packers are going to win there. So I have Buccaneers and Packers in the conference championship. That would be a great game to watch. Rodgers versus Brady, Brady, man. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I will be definitely cheering for the Bears come Sunday at 3.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. (laughs) (laughs) Just to have that chance at a matchup like that. Oh, man. That would be a run. Man, that would be a matchup right there. That would easily. I mean, Tom Brady in the clutch in a game like that. I'm scared. To go back to the Super Bowl for the first, like, with a different team. Imagine if he goes so all right, all right. So the conference and the Super Bowl's champion. in Tampa Bay. Exactly. Warm weather. He's oh man. Well, so, Tampa Bay would be the it's their home stadium. No team's ever played field. in their home stadium. That's nuts. That's nuts. Just thinking about that. Well, let's hope it's Aaron Rodgers. But anyways, so we have the conference finals, the conference championship. We have we both have Chiefs and Bills. I don't know about you, but I'm going Chiefs in that one. I'm yeah. going Chiefs over the Bills just because the Chiefs are way too overpowered offensively. They make the right stops. Uh, Josh Allen is, gets into turnover trouble sometimes. If he can limit his turnovers, it's they can definitely make a run. I mean, I've seen Pat Mahomes get into turnover trouble just a couple weeks ago. So it could go the other way, but I'm going to say Chiefs. And then in the NFC – I have Seahawks versus Green Bay. I have Green Bay finally getting this revenge. Aaron Rodgers finally getting this revenge against Russell Wilson. Um, and, and it's going to draw in all everything from the past, from, from the blown lead in the NFC Championship years ago with the, with the missed onside kick return, um, the, the, the step-in officials, the backup officiating crew who called the end-of-a-game touchdown for Golden Tate. Uh, the the times that that Seahawks just got away with a victory over Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to happen this time. So I have Green Bay against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That we have the battle of the State Farm agents. Yeah, I have the Chiefs advancing as well. And then in the NFC, I have Aaron Rodgers beating Tom Brady in the box. So or you have the same go. Super Bowl matchup, Chiefs and Packers. Kind of like like I'm not gonna say like the in a safe pick with both number one seeds. I just think both teams are that good in the yeah. playoffs and they're gonna get the right roads to the the Super Bowl. So that's what's gonna happen. Who'd you pick to win? So I had my fan hat on. I'm going Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay. It's going to be a battle of the offenses. And I don't think that both defenses really can stop either offense. But what I do believe is the Packers, defensively, they have a couple of big-time defensive backs who literally had like almost, I'm pretty sure Jair Alexander had the lowest completion percentage thrown his way. If we can take these analytics and he can perform well in the warm weather. You know, you add in the, the safeties, you have Darnell Savage, you have Adrian Amos, you have, uh, you know, you have King at the other defensive back position on the other end of the field. The biggest factor is who's going to guard Travis Kelsey. And that's the, that was my biggest dilemma. Who is going to guard Travis Kelsey? I don't know. I don't know who they're going to throw. They're going to throw Barnes, the rookie, or if he's going to continue to pass rush with Zedarius and Preston Smith. I don't know. But I do know that if you can slow down their receivers enough, the Chiefs running game is okay this year. And that's not, that's, I mean, I would say it's okay compared to the last couple of years. I think the Packers can pull away with at least a field goal victory over the Chiefs. Yeah. Who do you who do you have? I think they both match up well. I'm gonna go with the back to back Super Bowl winner, the Chiefs. They were just so good. Pat Mahomes played well again this year, which I did see some stats the other day uh comparing Brady, Mahomes, and Rodgers and how they're all so good this year. 
So like the Packers, you mentioning the run game, you're kind of swaying me to pick the Packers. I'm going to go with the Chiefs though. I just feel like they're still such a good team and come Super Bowl time, uh they just be the better team there. Would it be a big victory? We didn't really see it last year. I could see probably like 10 to 14 points at most. Mm-hmm. If they were to win, they would have to win off some turnovers. It's tough though. Yeah. Rodgers doesn't like turnovers. So. He doesn't. It, it, it very well could come down to who makes that that last big mistake in the in the fourth in the middle of the fourth quarter. I mean, we see it every year. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good prediction. I, I mean, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at me picking Green Bay and having confidence in my Packer family. <laughs> so that's our predictions, guys. We're going to put a poll out on Twitter. I want to know what everybody's prediction is. Make sure you're following us at SR Only Pod, Standing Room Only Podcast. You can search us as well. Um, we're going to put a poll out. We're going to put a poll out for – we might do one weekly. I don't know about you, Healy, but I'm curious, to know, I'm curious to know what people are going to pick per week. Yeah, we'll Not put out Super a Bowl matchups. We'll put up a, a a whole thread of tweets. I'll, I'll thread them idea. all together so you can vote on one and immediately yes. go to the next one and see all of them. So that's what will happen. Should get a decent amount of votes. Should get like I would say 400 votes on each one regardless. So yeah. it, it's going to be we're going to get some good results. We'll see if the fans pick the same that we do. Uh, we'll pro- next week we're gonna have predictions as well for who remains in there. They they might remain the same depending on mm-hmm. who wins the matchups this week. But as we all know, the playoffs don't go as well as people think. There are upsets, and especially in football, it's only one game, so you need to come out and uh, strike. Any any given Sunday, right? That's that's the number one golden rule. You never know who's gonna come away uh, hungrier. So. But that's going to do it for the episode, guys. Thank you for listening in. Make sure you download the episode. That is the only way we're able to see any sort of analytics. The views are cool. Uh, If you check us out on YouTube, like, subscribe. Um, I don't think you don't really have to download on there. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think, a review, or a rating. Um, You can follow our personal accounts. Um, You know, I'm iGoose with four O's. I'm on Instagram, Twitch, Twitter. We have Healy as well. You can follow me at the Healy six on Twitter and Instagram and Healy six everywhere else. All right, guys. Talk to you next week.